welcome to Rupturist Greetings, episode 59. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular host, Jackson. Yeah, 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 movies. And Destiny. Movies. We're here at the end of the year. It is New Year's Eve, and we're recording about a movie. But first, uh, Jackson, what have you seen? Uh, fucking nothing. I'm in gaming. I'm in a gaming hole. Okay. Uh, so Literally nothing? I don't think I've seen anything. Unless you I've... saw The Matrix Resurrections. That's true. And uh, I still haven't talked. We said I'd talk about another podcast, but that one might just not happen. I guess I did see The Matrix Resurrections. There's supposedly um, going to be an, a podcast you go on to talk about that I'm not going to be there for, but you did see The Matrix Resurrections. Um, well, we don't know. When The last time we said that out loud that that was going to happen, that was like the day after, and it was going to happen. It was now, meant to have already happened. Yes, it was meant to already happen. And now it's like no one cares anymore. But I did see The Matrix Resurrections, and I mostly liked it. Um, you know, I, don't, I, I didn't like it as much as uh, uh, the, the original movies, I guess, but I, I had a good, good time. I'm glad that there's a decent Matrix movie around. Uh, a lot of the discourse around that is very funny and dumb. Um, um, I also saw it. I would say it's the second best Matrix movie. Um, I'm not asking for. I'm not asking for. Everyone's got their own opinion. I think it's the second best Matrix movie. I get it. I I just I just came around on Resurrections a lot and uh, not on um, Revolutions a lot a big way in the last watch. Mm-hmm. Uh Matrix at but the I, bottom. You the know original what? I, Matrix. I guess I might like it more than the original Matrix. I just assume that that just must be a classic good movie, but I never fucking think about the Matrix. Yeah, like it's whatever. Like it's a classic <laughs> movie, redefined action cinema, but like I don't care about the Matrix. Whereas I'm thinking about the Matrix sequels, including this one now. You know, so I guess it might be better than the Matrix in the thing that I value from cinema. Yeah. Uh, but um, while I understand that it's not like the thing widely people yeah. care about. Destiny, you also saw the Matrix. I also saw The Matrix and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I um had very low expectations <laughs> for some reason. Even though my rewatch of the first three was really fun. I had no bad times. So I don't know why my expectations were so low. I mean, I guess when you take this long, like, yeah. to make something. Like, it's a fourth Matrix movie. We, you know, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, did we really need it? But now that it's here, I enjoyed it. I mean, the Bukowski's also asked, do we really need that? I guess. If you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> if, if one of us, do we, we'll, we'll draw straws on who's going to have to direct this one. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really have a lot to say about it. It, it was a movie-ass movie. Okay. Uh, Destiny, what else have you watched? I watched... Uh, I, I went to a theater, uh, mm-hmm. ill-advised, by the way. I shouldn't have done it. I didn't get sick, but... I, I did go to a theater to see Steven Spielberg's West Side Story the day after Christmas because West Side Story is near and dear to my heart. Uh, just the original film in general is a movie that I wore out on VHS growing up. And, um, oh boy, it, uh, it's, a, it's a surprisingly good movie. <laughs> I'm excited to see it because uh, I watched the first one maybe maybe last year i think with you i've yes. never seen it and I, I really liked it and so i'm excited to see uh, a new version the changes are very small but they're very thoughtful um in my opinion uh the only bummer is that that baby driver guy sucks yes which yeah. i didn't know until after i saw the movie oh, i yeah, looked no, up some he's, stuff he's a fucking monster man and then the actress who plays Maria is not Puerto Rican, but <laughs> I guess we'll just never get a Puerto Rican Maria. 
Um, I just appreciate that people remember Spielberg as fucking Steven Spielberg and can show up and direct a fucking movie if he wants to. Uh, I feel like <laughs> yeah. everyone forgot because his last movie was Ready Player One. He, he uh, had I saw that Ready Player One, didn't he? Yeah, what's that story? I thought there was something in between. Nope, don't think so. Okay, I think West Side Story was meant to be earlier because that was a thing on. Well, that's true. There was a thing on. Because yeah, Ready Player One like, was garbage. The last thing I had seen from him is um, Lincoln. Um, we saw that together. Oh, right. The post was in between BFG and Ready Player One. That's what happened. I got those inverted in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta see Bridge of Spies. Bet it's hilarious. I also bet it's hilarious. <laughs> Destiny, have you watched anything else? I watched a really freaking cool documentary called Woodlands Dark and Dazed the Witch, a history of folk horror. Yeah. Um, was it Severin put out a folk horror box set um, with this documentary being the like flagship to launch that. Um, and I picked that up on the recommendation of a listener, friend of the show, Casey, a Minofsky article on Twitter. Um and uh it's yeah it's, it's really good i just want to say for people that's going to be on shutter um i think on the 10th of january starting then so you absolutely have to watch it it's like three hours long but um, it's worth it it's lyrical and really like uh it's not just talking heads talking about movies like it's it's really really well done yes um just dozens of movies I'd never seen or even heard of that I'm like excited to watch. Uh, many of which yeah. are in that box set. And I, yeah, it was just like time to feast. I think my favorite thing about it is it goes into a lot of uh, British TV show episodes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot of like, creepy kids shows from the 70s and 80s that I'd never heard of. They even mention a Doctor Who episode or two, which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, it it it. it it's well worth your time if you have any interest in horror at all. So check it out when it hits Shutter. Yeah, that first um, that Doctor Who episode they showed was the first time I was like, oh, maybe pre-reboot Doctor Who's got some shit in it that would be fun to look at. I mean, it's <laughs> it's up and down. Uh, it's, it's you know similar to Star Trek, and yes, it depends who yeah. who they get to do the episode. And uh, what was the episode well, that they specifically mentioned? Ooh. Oh, I don't remember now, but. They targeted a specific writer who, like, kind of brought full core to a lot of the stuff he was writing about. So the episode in particular had to deal with something with maybe witches or, ooh, I just don't remember off the top of my head. Well, there was that, and then there was something that, like, just felt like the prisoner, but the doctor was there. That's like half of Doctor Who. And like... no, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I mean, like, the prisoner is uniquely fucking amazing but that is also just kind of what british tv was like <laughs> yeah the way that documentary makes especially 70s children's television sound in the uk it's it just seems like a embarrassment of riches <laughs> the curse of fenric that's a, that's a famous episode i don't know um any- i would have to look it up and get back to you All right, yeah. fair enough um anyway um anything else destiny uh, that's pretty much it, and I will be talking about both of these movies a little later. So, okay. um, <laughs> since let's see, Punishment Park, um, I watched Inside, the 2007 French horror film. Uh, that was on Criterion. It's gone as of today, so unfortunately, can't see it there. But that is a, it's like one of the like French new extremity horror films about this woman who's in a car wreck. Um, 
when she was pregnant or whatever and now it's a couple months later and she's kind of like still dealing with the ptsd of being in this car wreck as she's like about to give birth to this baby and she was like a um like a like a photojournalist and she's at home and she's just kind of chilling out at home and a weird lady shows up uh who as the movie like tips pretty early seems to want her baby uh by any means necessary and is like a home invasion movie about her trying to get this baby from her um and it's it's really good and it's really fucking gory um and i liked it a lot it's got some ludicrous cg where like when bad things happen um to the main woman uh it like cuts to like the 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 fetus reacting in her womb it's all cg from 2007 <laughs> so it's fucking amazing in like not a good way in a bad way um but uh it's great i had a great time if you can stomach these kind of movies which are often very um at the limits of people's uh endurance sometimes uh, i thought this one is good and i don't particularly like dig on the genre that much is high tension considered yes okay i didn't like that i've movie. never seen and high then... tension so oh okay um what about martyrs is martyrs one... martyrs is considered like one of these it's kind of weird because it's like artier than these usually are but that's also like a that's a that's a movie i like but like i don't know who i'd recommend martyrs to martyrs is fucked up people should not watch yeah, martyrs you made me watch it and i well, liked some of it but we, <laughs> i put it in our like halloween slate and i was like because i hadn't seen it and i was like let's watch this um there's like some cool things in that movie but it's a rough watch yeah um, this one I think you would be, you would not have as hard a time with, but it is pretty gory. Okay. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, and then I've, I've been working on movie stuff too. Uh, so I watched Frenzy, the Hitchcock film. Um, one of his like, it's considered his last great film, which I'm like, family plot is way better than this movie. But Frenzy is a movie he made when he went back to, uh, the UK. It's uh, Frenzy. It's 1972. Yeah, and it's about a serial killer in London um, who, like, strangles women, and the police are trying to get in, but the police got the wrong guy, who's, like, a guy who knows the serial killer, because they're, like, pub mates, and he actually, like, he puts this guy in the police's path to be caught. Can I just say, that when you describe the plot of any Hitchcock movie out loud, it sounds like a comedy parody of a Hitchcock movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is the thing, is, like, this movie, I think, is, like, mostly really funny uh, when it's about, because everyone's like british in like just a turn like he had been in america for a long time and he came back and he's like okay i need you to be the most british you've ever been um because and it just is like everyone sounds like they're like when i make fun of your accent by doing an accent that's not real they just sound like that all the time uh Um, that's that's yeah yeah sure and um and so, like, the, the, like, you know, mistaken identity, weird British farce ever of everyone's kind of too polite to identify the murder of people just, like, been a little brasher. They would have gotten this nailed down, like, three weeks ago um, is good. But then, like, the murders are, like, really gross and, like, leery and harrowing in a way that I found difficult to, like, square with the, move, the rest of the movie's tone. Um, I just kind of found it, like, unpleasant about, like... Hitchcock thinks it's just kind of funny when women are like raped and murdered, like as part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the way that movie depicts that. Um, and so that, that part made it like frustrating. I think the rest of it's like good, but I'm like, this is kind of like gross, uh, in different in a way than like a movie where like people are getting like stabbed and bleeding everywhere. Um, this is gross in the way that I don't like. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely truth to the fact that Hitchcock doesn't see that much difference in terms of violence and comedy between those things when you bring in, like, sexual threats. I think that's generally true, but I just think that, like, because it's the 70s, you know, Mm -hmm. he's making a movie that, like, pushes boundaries and showing that stuff more. And I think it goes, I just think it goes too far. I think it's in bad taste. I'm not not saying it's like, it's like he's a criminal or anything. Um, This treatment of his actresses throughout his career. uh, But I just think it's like in really poor taste and it really like spoiled the movie for me. Like I I ended up enjoying it, but kind of despite itself. Um, I would not call it one of his great films. (laughs) Um, And then I watched some like uh, Shaw Brothers movies because I got this uh, Shaw Scope box set. I don't have a ton to say about those other than they're great fun to put on. I watched King Boxer and Five Shaolin Masters. Both great times. Um, my favorite thing about those movies is the training sequences they crack me up they're so good this is why the 36th chamber shaolin is the greatest martial arts movie ever made because it's all a training sequence mm-hmm. um they knew um yeah it's good <laughs> whenever whenever a guy just has to go like in the woods and be like for a year i'm going to like throw this chain at a tree until i can throw the chain through two bamboo trees um you're in for a good time it's true. That's cinema. That is cinema. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's do our movie. Our movie this week is A Face in the Crowd, uh, directed by Ilya Kazan, uh, written by Bud Schulberg, based on a play, right? A short story called Your Arkansas Traveler uh, that he also wrote. Um, this came out May 28th, 1957. Jackson, would you like to briefly summarize A Face in the Crowd? Uh, A Face in the Crowd is a movie about Larry Rhodes, otherwise known as Lonesome Rhodes, as he is dubbed uh, by a radio uh, like host uh, who runs A Face in the Crowd, a segment uh, on the local radio station, comes to the local jail to find stories of the common folk in a very condescending way uh, that um, someone who works at a radio would, would uh, you know, well, no, not particularly, not saying radio people, but, you know, rich, uh, relatively rich uh, media person comes to the jail to find the inspiring stories of all the people that have been locked up. Uh, and most of them tell the fuck off because uh, they're not here for this kind of condescension. Um, but uh, Larry Rhodes uh, takes her up on this. Uh, she renames him Lonesome Rhodes when she introduces just to make him seem a little cooler. Uh, and uh, he becomes a hit. He's charismatic and funny as he sings his songs and uh, he tells it like it is. Uh, and then the movie uh, continues as he like, like he gets out of prison and they're like, well, I'll put you on radio. And he gets popular and he gets on TV. Uh, he's, his star rises higher and higher till eventually he is like, he has his own variety show and he is making and breaking political campaigns with his endorsements and his media control. Uh, the the uh, the two leads get together and then they get divorced because he's having an affair with the like young people on the sh- you know the young women on the show. Uh, everything's bad. He's in you know he's talking to more of the advertising people, uh, uh, but behind the scenes he's just being a monster constantly. He hates everyone and he's uh, being two faced and lying and all that stuff. Till eventually uh, she has had enough and turns on the microphone one day behind the scenes so the the world can know what he's truly like. Uh, and it's a big controversy. And then at the end, um, the guy shows up and gives. Uh, Walter Matthau shows up to like um, 
monologue the message of the movie, uh, which is that even though he's been exposed, he'll he'll continue to have a career, but it won't be uh, like it truly was before. He'll never have the like the the people in his hand, uh, and he'll just be living off secondary fame for the rest of his life as he's like screaming come back wife don't leave me uh as she uh leaves into the night and that's the end of the movie all i want in life is for walter walter Matthau to show up and like cast a doom sentence upon me um <laughs> after i've been hoisted by my own hubris i think that's like the best thing anyone could aspire to in life so obviously walter <laughs> Matthau is fucking fantastic in this and all movies uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's just true that's just a true thing <laughs> Oh, everyone kills it in this. It's like part of the reason I picked it because I just remember being full of like really good performances. Uh, yeah, he is. He is like a scriptwriter who's brought in when Lonesome hits like the big city to help punch up his like monologues and stuff. Finds he doesn't have uh, Lonesome has no use for him, right? Um, but he finds interest in Marsha. Um, in like a oh this is like a cool lady we're both smart people we should get together but she's into lonesome uh despite her all of her best uh, impulses and sense um and he's just kind of like hanging around like oh nice guys do finish last just like a huge dirt bag but in a way we're like because lonesome is the worst man on earth uh you end up kind of rooting for him <laughs> Yeah, He's like Albert Brooks and Bro- uh, uh, broadcast. I was news. Just about to say, it's a broadcast <laughs> news situation, but uh, and what if the other guy was just the worst human alive? Yes, <laughs> and not just in your head about it. Uh, so I've Andy Griffith, as someone who grew up watching a lot of like classic television on like Nick at Night or TV Land. Once TV Land was a thing, and the Andy Griffith Show is one of those things where if it was on, if I if I just fucking saw whistling or a man fishing, I turn the fucking channel because it's like the most boring shit in the world. I don't have time for that. Um, so I'd never seen Andy Griffith in anything. Uh, he's incredible in this movie. And this is his first movie. Yeah, I know. It's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, got this like manic charisma where it's like, you see the characters like, um, like get roped in, know they're getting roped in, can't help it. And there's no, like, I feel like the movie leaves very little space to like, oh, this is why he's like this. Or like, like it gives you reasons if you want them, but like everyone's got reasons he's just a fucking shitbag who's like high on his own supply and there there's nothing to it everyone knows that's the deal it's not like a secret it, there's no like deep sadness that makes it all okay um he's not a daniel Plainview kind of guy he just sucks and yet it's he's able to rope people in and like the movie just lets it gives finds an actor who can be that and that's incredible that's like such a hard thing to do <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. That's absolutely spot on. Um, I was really like bowled over by this movie. I was expecting something a little like creakier, a little m- more old fashioned. There's just something about this that like fucking hits. It just like has an energy. Um, I was like, I can't believe this movie's made in like 57 instead of like 69, right? Like it just has. Yes. Like, it just has like a cultural awareness um, that I feel like described a moment that was happening and that would come for the next 50 years or whatever, but like just did it earlier than anyone was quite ready for. Um, and it's good. That part's good. Um, I like, I'm reading that film book about the sixties slowly. And like this movie was cited as like an early thing that described the thing that ends up happening with JFK and, you know, and FDR and like in, in politics later, um, leading up to like, you know, uh, Reagan, um, this is it. Or you've got, advertising 
Yes. Or, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, just like the idea of like the celebrity, um, like teenage, like fandom and cultural propulsion off of like someone's aura and uh and advertising all finding its way into like american culture in a way that cannot be will never be jarred out yes yes it like predates the beatles it predates um just will the television yeah this... like it, it, it it's it's just weirdly ahead of its time yeah there's literally a beatlemania scene in this movie yeah it's great. <laughs> uh, that stuff is incredible. Like, um, we joked, me and Jackson joked about, like, Eli Kazan's one of those that, like, Scorsese really likes his movies, cites them a lot. Um, and we laugh because uh, Scorsese's, like, a guy who cares a lot about, like, history and cinema. But Eli Kazan is, like, a noted, like, you know, he talks to the House Committee on American Activities, um, was just kind of a dirtbag. Uh, ended a bunch of people's careers and we always joke like how good can the movies be uh like it made scorsese lose all his sense and morals um and i feel like i see it because i, I watch this movie and i'm like this movie describes like the true like glad handing big smiles genuinely unrepentant face of america that Scorsese's just too catholic to do Every, every one of his protagonists is like sad because they're tortured by the things they had to do because they had no other choice. Lonesome's not like that. Lonesome fucking loves being this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that like, I find that like is a, is a story that like is just true in real life. The people who are evil, who do evil things, just love being people in charge and with power and influence. Um, and seeing a movie just like describe that space is really good. Um, this is the part where I said I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But like, I was watching it and I was like, and I don't know how much of this is just the fact that it's kind of dead to culture. Like it is so, like, this is 1957. We can talk a lot about how ahead of its time it is, right? But that also has the side effect of like, the stuff in this movie reads now as so pat. <laughs> Um, at least to me, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't see the like, oh, this is the, the before this all became cliche. When I was watching it, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, as and it, and it felt like I was watching a movie I had already seen a million times before, even though I understand it's one of the first ones of these. Um, I thought I didn't, I didn't really like find Lonesome that interesting. I know is on purpose, right? Like he is, a, yes. Like there's, there's no in. Um, but I, I wish it did more with the um, people around him because I thought like the the most interesting scene, the best scene in the movie, uh, aside from just Water Mathal just like classing it up with by being Water Mathal, um, <laughs> uh, the best scene in the movie is when uh, his ex wife shows up, mm. uh, and Marsha's like all threatened and betrayed, and this and the ex wife's like, no, 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 I'm not here <laughs> to like do do anything like that. I'm here to get my cut. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, very pragmatic. I'm taking my deal. I know exactly what kind of guy Rhodes is. I know what he's going to do to you. I, you know, honestly feel a kinship and sympathy with you. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm here looking out to make sure I can get a little, uh, you know, get a little cut on the back end. I'm, this is literally a business negotiation, and uh, Marsha's just way too invested personally to handle this kind of like detachment that you have to have to be around this fucking sociopath. Um, and then it went back to scenes that like i found all the political scenes like deeply cartoonish like i, I yeah. got the point early on but it, just you know doing it again like and that, again and again, movie again operates in like a space of like citizen kane is about like how a great man is brought low by his childhood in circumstances like he is like this way because things built him up and he couldn't be any other way and it's kind of tragic 
Um, this movie is about how like anyone could be that guy, and all it takes is like a bit of luck and everyone's good intentions going awry and trusting too much in a guy who talks well, and that's well, it. You just it's, you're on the road to hell. It's not good intentions. I um, mean, she goes in and the thing she wants to do is like noble in the way that like you know she's doing she's running this american life in the 50s in arkansas right like she's like going in she wants to talk to people um it is like there's even a bit and i fucking love this scene where she's in the jail and they're like she's trying to get someone to be on her show like can, can anyone sing can whatever and the one black guy in jail is like this is not a minstrel show i'm not doing anything for you leave me alone um like that stuff's throughout like everyone's help is black characters who um you know are the, the people who do not like bow down to like at the very end when he's like lost everything he's like yelling at his help to like say anything towards him say they love him or whatever and they won't um and he's also someone who puts like a black woman on television to be like buy this lady a house or whatever like uh that, that the like racial awareness of who gets to be ascendant in america i think it's like really interesting especially in the 50s you fucking never see that shit mm -hmm. i i agree with that but like i think that the start of the movie is about the ways in which like you know um media companies with uh money and influence will cherry pick and choose the stories they want from like actual people uh and then once like lonesome roads gets like ascendant right it becomes about how much he is just like uniquely awful and uh a corrupting influence on everyone else like marsh is sympathetic for the rest of the movie uh and i i found that turn uninteresting when i was like um you know, th th there's no. I think. I mean, we talk about this in Lord of the Rings. The bad guys should be uninteresting. I don't think it's like good to make a, a nuanced no, character who does evil I, things. I don't think that the it is necessarily interesting that Larry Rhodes be like sympathetic. I think that like the movie doesn't like acknowledge the responsibility uh, and like the awfulness that Marsha does unthinkingly with like as the role of someone who picks out the poor people that deserve to become a star right like, oh, I, I extremely disagree there's a whole scene yeah like, I she, disagree she makes, she makes she makes a fucking deal with him and she gets her cut and she's miserable she's like he's like congrats you're a millionaire and she looks like she wants to cry and we don't see her for another like 10 minutes and yeah. then the next time we see her she's like dressed in morning clothes in a bar with like a like her hair is all done up in a scarf and she looks like she's like from old Hollywood and just like this miserable like oh, I, like widow and it's I know funniest scene in the movie <laughs> i know it like shows her like consequences of making the bad decision but i don't think it shows the like uh it is mostly about like oh i got sucked in and accidentally unleashed this on the world not i as the function of a media machine am like perpetuating this more than but the she's itself. not part of a media machine she's on a tiny local arkansas uh radio show she's she not like to a jail with like you know actual pe poor people with like her big tape recorder to like find the th her ticket right i, I, I think mean i that think the is... movie is aware like the way in everyone like ignores her and tells her off i think is aware that this is like a a touristy thing to do like it's yeah, not yeah, in the language yeah. that we talk about that sort of thing now but i do think it's part of the film yeah i just think that like the turner as those are too evil to make the movie interesting about that because it's like he just sucks there's no like you know uh i don't i don't think it'd be better if he wasn't i don't want to just understand why he's like this um and like, also, the end of the movie is the end of the movie is like he's brought low right but like they are still rich people who have gotten their ticket he's the walter math is going to publish that book she's going to run away with her millions of dollars uh like they leave on that taxi and it's still new york and it's bright lights and big ads and like the world the world will not be po like pre-lonesome roads again right like the thing they mm -hmm. unleashed is like a, a true thing that just exists in the world 
Mm. Maybe he didn't end up in the cabinet this time, but like the space of a man like that is now writ, right? You, you, you remove one like fad guy and a new guy will take his place once the fad is established because the machine now needs a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, that water bath monologue is really fucking good. I'm not here to like mm. deny that. Um, but like, I do think scenes of Lenson Rhodes being on his balcony as the guy plays the applause is so on the nose. I was like, yes, I think no. that stuff's great. Yes, it's arch. I love I think it. It's, I think the archness is like part of it, right? Yeah. Like, this, is, think... this is this is the opera of like uh, uh, like mid-century American realism, right? I guess, but I just didn't like. It was two hours of that shit. It was so like, like I just I just didn't invest on Lonesome Rose. I didn't like the performance very much. I was like, he's just a cartoon man. And then like the cutaways included like fucking Family Guy gags where he'd be like, "You hate your husband," and it cuts to your husband being shitty. He's like, "I have to go to work now, dear." I was like, "This is terrible." Um, we didn't no, think for all I the mean, movie, but I, that that kind of like just broad stuff was are. not this how is, I... This is not that different from like Putney Swope. You like Putney Swope? Putney Swope is about use like the ways advertisement lamp like reflects the presiding culture of the time punny swipe is a broad like a, a ridiculous absurdist comedy and this also wants to be like a serious uh like american uh portraits of the like rots <laughs> and culture yeah i just think it does that by being mostly funny yeah i guess i, I don't know like it just didn't didn't land with me this the the stuff with Lynch and rose was like i found it very pat and um when the movie came out oh wait, sorry go ahead i didn't have more than that. i just like it just didn't didn't connect yeah, um, when the movie came out, a lot of people didn't like it and uh, sort of were like, there's too much lonesome. You don't get a sense of anything else. <laughs> they hated the ending, like critically. It was considered a name. I mean, um, I, I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I just I just disagree so hard, but that's okay. The thing uh, I like, like the broadness of this, like it does hit a lot of targets. The thing that like, you'd fucking not see in movies like this, like about this sort of guy is the bit where he goes and crowns like the, the miss Arkansas or whatever. And it's just a 20 minute sequence about how everyone is so excited for a celebrity to come and pluck a teenage girl out to like bed. Um, that's still just what Hollywood is. Yes. Uh, we fucking live in a world where like most of the people in power, are, like literally implicated in like human trafficking rings. Uh, this is just the reality. Um, and I like the movie just like, putting that right up alongside the way he treats his help is like, this is a, this is what fame gets you is you can go and get a 17 year old girl from a high school and take her to Mexico and marry her. And everyone fawns over her. Um, she's going to be on, uh, she's going to be on TV. Um, is wild. I just like, at some point the culture changes and you can't put those in those movies again. Um, and just to have it not be like the thing the movie's about, but this is just one aspect of like 10 that's going on in this film. Um, I was bowled over by like, I feel like it describes the reality of American politics and pop culture in a way that I'm like, st we still live this world. Have you ever seen Network? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Just, I don't know, thought when you were talking, I was like, feels like uh, watching Network. I haven't seen Network in ages and ages. Um, um, Network's also a movie I'm kind of mixed on. Uh, oh, it's one of my favorites, but I kind of eat this shit up. <laughs> with Network, I like uh, some of it and some of the like um malaise with it but i think that it gets a bit uh i think it's a little uh, so so it gets on honestly i like I, I like some of it getting on hinge i love the scene where he goes in the boardroom and he's like this is the fucking new religion that bit's great uh but network has like a really really bad um romance subplot where yes it like 
mixes up uh the ideas of modernization and the corruption of news media with uh you know girl boss 80s women that you also kind of want to fuck uh and all those things are like mixed together in one character and i think that's uh that bit does not age well that bit's kind of shitty um and um it also the book also does the thing that this movie does where it's a little it reads a little like the uh you know as much as this movie is about how um he, uh Rhodes has contempt for the people it is also about how the people will eat up a guy like Rhodes right like uh the movie is does not is not free of contempt for the american well, people i mean the thing which, here is that like they just I, I think this is true like people will just believe what the television tells them I, that's like a that's like just true um because that's what tv was right like you look at like like mike wallace is in this movie and it's fucking weird right um we're like oh we, we put an actual newscaster in this movie to do his newscaster thing talking about this fake man but like the minute that the people hear that he's like thinks this way they they you know they're all like complain like the whole the on mass complain to the network right like it, the the you just the tv tells you things and you listen to them and that's like negative in like a broad sense but like everyone's guilty of like what are you gonna do and an like we live in a world where like multiple if you're not doom scrolling twitter you're just gonna listen to the cdc that five days is fine because why would they lie to you why would they lie yeah no i mean that that's not true but it's like the, the, the end of the movie the moral is we individually need to stop being taken in uh by like literally he says out loud to the audience and i was like i don't think that's i i think you know you know classic jack response but it doesn't address uh the um fact that uh that's not actually going to solve anything right it's not like you have to be more aware of the next guy uh, there's always a new guy um it's just that's just what plays on tv and, i mean on uh, some level you do you do have like yes there's like a there's an individual response and like a larger response right like societally but um you personally if you get taken in by a guy you try not to get taken in by the next guy who comes along uh, yeah, but it, uh, that is like the, what they choose to end the movie on, and like that's meant to be the message. This like message of uh, awareness and viewing on the television. I was like, I, that seems a little weak for even the movie that preceded it, right? Which is more direct in what it is talking about. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't mean to complain too much. I just kind of like you know, uh, didn't didn't connect with it, and I I understood it and I agreed with parts of it, like you know, uh, but uh, it just didn't feel like the ride was that emotionally uh, engaging. I guess. Okay, fair enough. We're on the first big refugee screen of disagreements. That's not true. <laughs> you thought I don't Torque think that's was good. true. Torque is pretty good. No, it's not. It's fucking bad. Torque's better than this. I can't remember. Jackson didn't like something else we watched that we both liked, and I can't remember now what it was. Do you? No. I've, I've no idea. Oh. Damn. We go to the refugee screenings movie list <laughs> to take a look. Uh, well, I like that. I like that. I like that. I liked. I liked most of these movies. Oh, okay, maybe I'm misremembering. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, weird. But yeah, it just um, sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah, I thought this movie was fantastic. Uh, was really surprised by it. It's one of my favorites. Um, I want to watch more Elia Kazan stuff. I've only seen one other movie, and it's a very like minimal one called splendor in the grass Splendor in the grass the one you've seen right yeah yeah because i'm a big old natalie wood fan and uh i watched it for her <laughs> but that's about repressed sexuality in the rural midwest and 
how it fucks with your head and it, it doesn't really have anything like new to bring. I just I just really like it. <laughs> uh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I was a little anxious like not liking this. It's like everyone's gonna think I don't like it because of the fucking um you know, narc thing when I like you know love No, you don't like it because you like dour realist movies. And this <laughs> yeah, is not one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, you put it like that. Did, uh, I guess that is kind of true. <laughs> did everyone read the Wikipedia page to see what Orson Welles said about Elia Kazan? What did Orson Welles uh, say? About what Elia did Orson Kazan? Welles say? I just wonder what Orson Welles says at all times. He just called him a traitor, and he said that like his movie on the waterfront was like a celebration of the stool pigeon, and that Ilya Kazan was like he just shit on him it was really funny yeah, yeah, like I, in a in a Orson Welles way I've heard that on the waterfront is incredible uh like as a movie but I isn't that's about like the the, the hard heavy as the crowd of being the guy who rats guys out right isn't that what that yeah about? yeah that's what that's the movie's about <laughs> I've never seen it to make that but... movie like right after that uh yeah that's like you know the 50s equivalent of fucking uh, Louis C.K. making that movie right after all the Louis C.K. shit um god damn oh yeah that's right, Louis C.K. did make a movie about getting cancelled, but luckily, no one saw it. Uh. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Spike Lee used this movie as a springboard to make Bamboozled, which is a movie me and Destiny have been meaning to see forever, but have not actually sat down to watch. Because, you know, sitting down and watching a movie about blackface is not just everyone's idea of a great afternoon. <laughs> you gotta emotionally prepare yes. for a Spike Lee movie? That's, that. that's what yes. I've learned. That's what I've learned in my time on this earth. Is that you can't just sit down lightly and be like, I'm going to watch a Spike Lee movie. There are ones that that's true of. I could watch Inside Man right now. Inside Man's fucking great. Oh, I do like that no movie. No thoughts head empty about Inside Man, mostly. So it's, Inside Man's my first Spike Lee movie. I, I watched before I like even knew. I just saw that when it came out as a, yeah. as a teen. Uh, that's fun. I guess I didn't know who Spike Lee was, but not in like, I wasn't a cinema person, right? Like I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just watched the, the movie about the bank robbery. <laughs> um anything else about this one i don't really have anything else to say i'm just glad we watched it i'm glad we had things to say about it <laughs> oh, oh oh one thing one thing uh so the movie is not actually like at, at the start i'm like is this gonna be a fucking dewey cox movie like a you know and it kind of is but the music thing's only at the start uh as it's like oh but it does have literally the um Oh, what's the the Coen Brothers movie? Oh, Brother, where art thou? When he plays a song. <laughs> yes. I was thinking of that, and I thought of um, Inside Lewin Davis quite a bit. Yes. Yes! Because this is a thing that they like to riff on as well. I, I, I say Dewey Cook is like the premier parody of fucking music movies like this. It goes off in a different direction. But, you know, it, those movies are actually not that different. The, uh, you, you need to watch Dewey Cook. It's fucked up you haven't. Um, but it is. Do you really think I'd like it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> It is like I understand. I understand the trepidation. It is well, first of all, it's overhyped, which is not. You should be seeing it in a context where no one liked it, and you're yes. you know, you're too late to it. You got the the speed racer problem, uh, but it is actually good. It is actually just funny. Um, okay, but it it is funny how much like even though this is a different movie doing a different thing, it does keep a lot of the, like musical biopic tropes. You still have the bit where it's like the uh, the wife is sad as he's cheating on the younger woman, which is like treated way more seriously here, right? With like a different uh, emphasis, but it's still I, a crucial the part. part. Where, he, where he realizes that his like agent is sleeping with her and he's like, you need to go back to Arkansas. But she's like, I'm going to be on the, what was it? Uh, Ed Sullivan. Yeah, Ed Sullivan. Uh, she just like, like a literal child because she's a teenager goes and throws a tantrum on the bed is fucking incredible. Yes. 
She's what, like uh, eighteen at this point still? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um anyway. Uh I will I will try to watch Dewey Hotcock sometime in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean you don't yeah. have to. I, I, you should, but you don't have to. Like I plenty of movies I I feel I feel bad in recommending you movies because I kind of have my performances. It's fine. Uh let's do some questions. Let's do it. Alright. Uh if you'd like some questions, you can send them to abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com. Uh they could be about anything, not just what we're covering. We have four emails today. One from Autumn. What is one live action movie that you think would be cool as an animated movie? And what's an animated movie you'd be interested to see in live action? Hmm. Live action movie that would be cool animated. Um, I mean, like, it's it's rude to just say most of them. <laughs> like, any, <laughs> any blockbuster action film, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they should just have been doing that all along. But yes. Yeah? Like, for my, like, sad, realist movies about acting, probably not. But, um... Generally speaking, there is not a big blockbuster with uh, set pieces that I don't think would be better animated. I agree. It's it's specifically, do you think it would be cool as an animated movie, not would Ooh, be better? That would be cool as an animated movie. That's yeah. that's a different thing. I think my, I think that the first thing I came across, and I don't even know why my brain went here, but it's uh, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, as an animated film. Oh, I, would I would love that. <laughs> Which is just a, a movie about four drag queens who break down in small town America um, and have to deal with the populace there. It's kind of a road trip movie, yes. kind of a, a buddy movie. Uh, outsiders being welcomed with hearts of gold. Yeah, I would love to watch an animated version of that. <laughs> I'm sad it doesn't exist now. <laughs> I'm actually going to pivot in a whole new direction. I have a, I have a... I have a bold idea for uh, an yeah. animated movie. Let's hear I it. would like to see uh, an animated film of Michael Clayton. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like, just sad uh, suit guys smoking, but in animation. It'd be great. It'd be fucking great. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Um, Destiny? I think, like, just any like 70s schlock like i watched um i didn't finish it so i didn't talk about it but i watched switchblade sisters which mm -hmm. is um i believe it's jack hill he did foxy brown uh and it's just about girl gangs like that sort of shit just seems perfect for animation because <laughs> the characters always have like eye patches and weird pants and uh just there's a lot of like blood and i don't know that that would be fun <laughs> mm -hmm. And any animated films you'd like to see live action? Hmm, this is far harder. <laughs> I want the live action Cats version of Five Goes West. Oh. <laughs> I want humans wearing makeup to look like mice and dogs and cats in the Old West. I want live action Sean the Sheep done with real sheep. Oh, damn. <laughs> You're going to have to try to get, like, six sheep to do choreographed, ridiculous comedy sequences. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I have an answer for this. I would, like... I don't know. I Most animated movies, I don't sit around thinking, oh, I wonder if this would look like live action. Okay. Um, Gary writes in, 
uh talking about on blockbusters in our episode about um miscongeniality we ended up on a long diatribe about how joker's <laughs> riffing on taxi driver and uh King of comedy um yeah figure out how we got there destiny <laughs> listened. i okay, listened to okay. it yeah um but uh asked specifically if you were forced to make an mcu movie and had to wholesale steal a classic film to base it on what classic movie would you inspired by and which superhero supervillain would be the star but can you read that again the specific wording i, I feel if you were forced to make an mcu movie i'm gonna MCU just say movie. superhero okay. but okay. if you I, it should probably be MCU. my i have an answer for superman here is the problem um i've always had an answer for superman Ooh. uh what classic movie would you be inspired by and which superhero or supervillain would be the star Right. Do your Superman answer as we come up with our own answers? Uh, my super, my Superman answer is like a uh, kind of like a, a Citizen Kane about Lex Luthor played by Yul Brenner about the threat of the Superman coming <laughs> and how he's going to try to marshal American industry to defeat the idea that like an individual can come and like supplant all of the ingenuity of man. Remarkable that you like Batman v Superman so much. <laughs> yeah, so, partially, that's the themes of the movie, but partially it's because you don't, genuinely, in your soul, you don't think there's anything cooler in fiction than when someone says, the Superman. I do, I do think it's the coolest thing that's ever happened. Mankind yes. was introduced to the, <laughs> the Superman. Superman. The Superman, yeah. An Ubermensch, if you will. Maybe you've heard of you him. Uh, MCU movies are cowards for not making this literal. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, which uh, which classic movie? Hmm. Destiny, do you have one? Uh, Visconti's The Leopard, but like Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> just lush, beautiful costuming, three hours long, just about the decline of uh, the Moon Kingdom, and just <laughs> just <laughs> colorful and I don't know, sad. <laughs> Um. Well, I'm trying to think of like Marvel or any superheroes that haven't already had their movies. Like, I mean, yes, you had you said Superman, so it could be anything. Yeah, yeah, it could be anything. Um, you just got to base it on a classic film or a genre film. I'll be, I'll be, I'll do, um, I'll do Spider-Man and Venom. Uh, but I'll be like, this is basically Amadeus. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be fucking incredible. That'd be the best movie ever made. Are you kidding me? I feel like it rides itself. <laughs> Um, wait, can... wait, 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 wait. Here's yes. the question: Which one's which? <laughs> I mean, Eddie Brock's um, Salieri, but okay, you you could totally work from the other angle. But then you're like, making I'm just radically imagining, different. Like Peter Parker saving the day, and Venom shows up and is like, "I'm you, but better." <laughs> he's got too many uh, powers. Oh, what do you mean? You, got to... you know what? You're right. I'm flipping it around. Peter Parker, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man already exists and is a competent superhero. And then Venom shows up and he can fucking do anything. And he's Venom. And Spider-Man's turning around like, you don't need this. You... What was wrong with web shooters? <laughs> you know what? The greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Eddie Brock dumped into an unmarked grave. Bam. Criminal credits. I love this. I love this so much. Um, my other, my, my, if you want an MCU answer specifically, I think I would go something like, uh, I'd want like a Fantastic Four movie that's like a classic doomed road trip, maybe like a Butch Cassidy kind of thing. Um, just about this family, like at the end of their rope as people, because they're the Fantastic Four and don't matter. <laughs> I like it. It also has to have the uh, fucking musical sequence. They don't have to ride a bike. That's fine. But <laughs> um, 
I have a question for you just about DC in general. Yeah. But you know how every single series ever has to do a bad Seven Samurai ripoff at some point? Yes. Uh, just like legally enforced. Uh, what, who would be the DC characters you would have for that? Like, does Batman work with that or was it someone else? Oh, it's Suicide Squad. They oh, just Suicide do that Squad? every day. Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot that that's already every <laughs> Suicide Squad movie and comic and story for the last hundred years or I guess yeah. 40 years. <laughs> they did make, they did do that. Fair enough. You know what? Good on. Well, <laughs> guys have to do good because they have bombs in their brains and they do reluctantly but they're all a bunch of weirdos done and then like yeah yeah half them die but they don't they yeah. can't truly be in the society they have to you know what you're right the suicide squad is seven samurai already you're right correct yeah they knew they just made that <laughs> um hilver writes in who's your favorite director with the worst ratio of films you like to dislike oh great question great question this is hard. This is fucking difficult, but it is a great question. Do you have an answer? No, I'm like it's it's cheating to say someone like Spielberg, because um, he's just I, like the thing is when I look at Spielberg, he honestly is bats way better than like Hitchcock, who like I'm very like fifty fifty on. Yeah, I just haven't seen enough Hitchcock. So I sure I'm sure it would be, but I've just seen like a few of the ones people recommend. Right, I have not yeah. gone all the way in on the Hitchcock watching. Mm-hmm. Um. So the question is, uh, sorry, I'm not very smart. So it's a director we like a lot who puts out more films we don't like. Yeah, where the ratio of movies you like to dislike is like low, but it, you would still consider them like a director you like. But like, damn, Jim Jarmusch. I've already talked about this. Oh, like, yeah. I think most of his movies are really boring and slow and hard to finish. But I fucking think he's great. <laughs> Um, hmm, I'm like my guts. I think my answer is probably Michael Bay, and I feel bad about this. Oh, you have the one answer uh, less um, on the nose than mine, or more on the nose than mine, I guess. Because I was going to say oh, Tarantino, which are the, oh. both the laziest answers imaginable. So I, I salute us both for this. <laughs> one of the like Fair. popular people that are also idiosyncratic and kind of bad sometimes. Michael Bay, Quentin Tarantino, right. Well, um, I was going to say Harold Ramis, but he didn't even direct Ghostbusters. So, like, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Also, also like, I, Multiplicity and Groundhog Day are both great movies. So, you know, whatever. Fine. I love Multiplicity. I need to go back. Me too. I bet it doesn't <laughs> hold up is the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, it, does it count if someone just has, like, one incredible movie? Um, what I'm saying is... Uh, and I know I'm not as widely seen, but could Peter Jackson be a candidate for this? Oh. The golf the thing between is, Peter Jackson's and... career is just demarcated by fame ruining him more than anything. That's like, true. I guess I, I haven't seen the early schlocky stuff. shit. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not like the world's greatest stuff, but it's fun. And then the minute he gets after Lord of the Rings, it's just all fucking downhill from there. Mm-hmm. I'm the weirdo because my the only Peter Jackson movie I truly love is Heavenly Creatures. That's you know that's the most destiny thing you've ever said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's the only movie I care about uh, that he's done. It's the one I will stop everything I'm doing to rewatch. It is one of the best movies ever made, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> and um, that's where I sit with him. Um, 
Tron writes in, uh, we've covered most of these. I just think this one's interesting, uh, mostly as a question for Jackson. Uh, do you think this film's focus on Lonesome Road's downward spiral being an individual problem and or failing of moral character is what the film actually believes? Or do you think this was done in a way to avoid being considered like communist aligned or propaganda? Now? I mean, it, this does have a ridiculous Hayes Code-esque ending, right? Yes, it really does. <laughs> Where they come out and explain, this is definitely not about the system. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a way that is... You know, kind of. Water Mathel's the guy you get to sell that monologue every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, I do think that's an issue with the movie. But yes, I don't. I do think the movie is more complex than the actual final statement, right? It obviously is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Again, abnormal mapping podcast at gmail dot com. Uh. We are not done yet though, because we have, uh, top ten lists. I asked everyone to put together because at the end of the year, um. These were just movies that were new to you in 2021. Um, that's it. They're unordered. Um, and we'll just go down. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? I'll go ahead. All right. I'm just going to start. You, can, you from... can talk about them if you want. You know, do whatever. The floor is yours. All right. Um, just all 10? Or do yeah, you go yeah, around no, and like each of us do one? We're just going to go one to ten. Go Every time all we've right. done a trade-off thing in anything, it never works. It just it's disaster. <laughs> it's oh, disaster. all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, and and this is coming from somebody with a who didn't keep track of her movies on Letterboxd all year. I kind of started and stopped with it, started and stopped with it. So I don't actually remember everything I watched. But these are the ten movies that I thought of because uh, they were the ones that, just to give a little preamble, uh... I'm still thinking about now. So I'm sure there was something huge that I left off, but here they are. Uh, after Hours, Martin Scorsese's movie about just how nothing good happens after 2 a.m. And um, One of my favorites. I, th- I love this movie. It's so good. It, it has one of my favorite genres, which is New York, uh, pre-Giuliani New York. Um, also, it's just full of great actors doing great actor things. And it's really, really fucking funny. Um, the documentary I just talked about, Woodland's Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror, is up there because it's, one, about one of my favorite genres. And two, it's just really fucking well done. It's got poetry. It's got uh, Guy Madden put together these collages that were animated for it. Um, it's just really cool. So even if you don't care about the movies, I think you'd still dig the documentary. Um, Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yo! <laughs> also, New York in the 70s. Um, Walter Matthau. It's got everything. <laughs> I'm trying not to do the Stefan thing every time I talk about these movies, but it's really hard not to. But this movie really does have everything. Um, and it's very, very good. Um seance which was this really cool sort of um multi-genre it's marketed as a horror film movie about these girls that uh essentially they have a ghost haunting their dorm but they also took part in something where one of the girls like this prank went wrong where one of the girls dies and they have to deal with the consequences of that and there are all these crazy twists and turns and it was just a fun watch um lair of the white worm which is a ken russell movie about a small british town and their mythology involving this giant 
fucking man-eating worm that's worshipped by the snake cult. And it's just really weird and very good. Um, City of the Dead, which was this black and white movie about this um, girl doing a project on witchcraft. And she goes to the small town in New England to do the research. And she finds out, you know, the town isn't what it seems. It's one of those. Uh, it's just a really good one of those. Uh, West Side Story uh, 2021, which um, I'll just repeat it. The changes that he made were all very thoughtful. Um, they, they moved me. I was balling by the balcony scene. Uh, I really liked um, most of the acting in this. And uh, it was a solid movie. Um, VHS 94, which is the fourth installment of the VHS horror compilation films. Uh, there's one story in particular, a vampire story, that I'm not going to describe because I just want you to see it. That is just makes the whole damn film. Um, when we watch together, The Wages of Fear, I still think about that movie sometimes when like, you know, when you have when you're trying to sleep and you start thinking about uncomfortable things. Sometimes I think about that movie. <laughs> and then the last movie on my list uh, is Marlon Riggs' Tongues Untied, which is just this really beautiful documentary about blackness and queerness and just, like, how that feels. And it's emotionally just... Uh, I don't even have the words, but it was it's just a great movie. Um, that I caught on Criterion before it left. And those are my 10. All right. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go, Jackson, or can I go? You can go. I'm, yeah, I don't mind. All right. Uh, number one. These are not in order, obviously. Uh, Legend. Um, famous uh, fantasy film. Uh, watched this just a couple, like maybe like two or three months ago. I really love this movie. I think it's a... Um, an interesting like take on uh, fairy tale stuff. I talked about it on this podcast. I, I think it's like very nebulous about the power of uh, teenagers in love and if that's actually a good thing or not. In a way that I found uh, really enchanting, um, was really surprised by this movie. Uh, Red Desert, which we covered for the podcast. Uh, I said everything I want to say there. That movie is uh, fantastic. One of my favorites. Uh, the Swimmer, which again I talked about on this podcast. Um, uh, that is a, a, another kind of like uh, face in the crowding movie about uh, mid-century American malaise, but through like an abstract, like Dantean journey through hell, but hell is other people's backyards. It's incredible. I think that movie's so fucking good. Um, loved it a lot. Um, Malignant. Uh, everyone's favorite <laughs> horror superhero origin story. <laughs> um, Malignant's a great time. I've, I can't remember the last time I've laughed. Uh, that much at a movie that I also think is just like genuinely good at like the rest of the stuff it's doing. I had a great time. I hope that they make a sequel and uh, Malignant fights another room full of cops. Please. Uh, <laughs> I was watching a YouTube review of Malignant um, that I have to share here. Of, like People being like, was this on purpose? Like fucking ridiculous oh things God. to say. Um, Fade to Black. Uh, which uh, me and Destiny watched probably earlier in the year, in the spring or whatever. This is a horror movie about a kid, a, a young man who's like living a shitty life. He, he works in like a film uh, like distribution lab or warehouse where they send out movies to theaters and is obsessed with movies. Um, and 
goes off the deep end and becomes like this arch like serial killer where he's like you know painting his face up like movie characters and quoting movies and murdering people and i just think it's like really good and hammy and fun about that like the story of like you know the taxi driver like you know man who's pushed too far by society and becomes a villain um of all of them i think this one just by being so theatrical is like among my favorites love basically the worst the worst thing you can do in a movie is work in a film processing plant or whatever. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're doing some murders by the end of it if that's if that's your your deal. Um, next up, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, just an incredible film is the thing. It's just good. Um, the original Justice League is a terrible movie, and seeing a, a re-edit that like turns it into something transformative about like the uncanny nature of the superheroes as bodies in action um, in this huge sprawling mess that is like a bunch of possibility that's never going to be realized because like they canceled that shit before this movie came out um, just exists as a singular moment in time. I think that movie is incredible. I'm, I got the 4K Blu-ray. I'm excited to revisit it. Um, I really fucking like Justice League think it's oh, great you can have such a good time with because you watch that in like hbo max before right just like streaming yeah it. which is like to be fair uh, high quality they do good yeah stuff. yeah but like you have the nice tv <laughs> yes uh you're gonna use it um grand budapest hotel which yeah. we watched for this podcast which i had never seen before um is just good i it's weird because like comedies is i'm always like i don't think about comedies a lot but like a movie that can just manage to like charm me uh, and be funny and light and so like sad in the way that movie is sad about like the things that Wes Anderson's obsessed with. I really want to see his new movie. I'm I'm I need to get a hold of a copy and watch it because uh, it sounds great. Um, and I really like this one. We talked about it on the episode, obviously. Um, Lawrence of Arabia. It's Lawrence of Arabia. Maybe you've heard of it. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> I don't need to talk about Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Uh, Girlfriends, uh, which is a 70s film about uh, two young women whose friendship starts to drift apart as they hit into different aspects of their lives. Uh, this is like a subgenre of film on its own, but like this one's just really good. It's fucking incredible. I love the the characters in it. Um, I like the ways in which they come. Most of these movies, I feel like, often end with the characters like really fight, like we can't overcome these differences. And this is much more a movie about navigating the space when you're trying, despite knowing that it's difficult and might not work. Um, and I was just really enchanted by it. Um, it's great. And then my final film, Scream 3. The best Scream film. Uh, which uh, I watched <laughs> through Screams, t- I think, 2 through 4 with Destiny this year. And uh, 3 just ended up delighting me with how uh, ramshackle it is. How much I love these characters as they age out of being horror movie characters. And just end up being, in any other film, the like dads and moms who get murdered off like a third of the way through the movie but you can't because the movie's about them getting old and having to go through this for the third goddamn time and i think that's delightful also a bunch of like meta commentary on like making movies out of people's tragedies and franchise horror films and scream 3 is really fucking smart i love that movie and that's my 10 movies yeah uh good movies <laughs> i am um, uh went back and forth about some stuff in this uh top 10 so but um uh, I guess I have there's it one. Now. There's one I literally cut because I think it's going to be on your list. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, ooh, I wonder what that could be. Oh, I know exactly what that could be. That is uh, this 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 first one. This is the winner shakes the barley. No, it's not that one actually. <laughs> oh, okay, damn. 
Uh, well, when it shakes the barley is a fucking incredible. Uh, my uh, first Ken Lynch movie. Um, ama- clearly an amazing director. Because I immediately after this went out and like watched one of what is considered his bad movies. Uh, and it was you know, that was hokey and weird, but it was also great. So I just need to watch more Ken Loach. Because um, <laughs> that's what you do after you watch a great movie. I see his director's bad movies. <laughs> um, and so I watched the film about... Uh, it was like about someone... Like a... a, a I'm talking about another movie now. This is about the like uh, communist East German um, singer who gets disillusioned with East Germany and leaves to the West. And it's about how uh, uh, sad he is as a guitarist, but then halfway through transitions to being about how his dad did murders for the Nazis. I remember this. I remember being fucking floored when you described this to me. So. Oh my god! Let me tell you, watching that in real time, I only ruin it for you because I know no one's watching that movie. But holy shit! Um, but the Winner Shakes the Bali is just a truly incredible movie uh, about uh, you know the uh, Irish um, Irish War that you know still continues to this day uh, on is in many people's eyes like mine you know like the uh, Ireland is not as free as you would want it to be right like Northern Ireland exists uh, the Good Friday Agreement exists all these things are still forces that exist in the world and this is a great movie about how uh, these are historically situated. Uh, the um and it, like i love the scene where they're like they need you know the, U- the uk needs to put down ireland because if the country next door can rise up and defeat uh, colonialism what's to stop everyone around the world doing it right there's this is like an example uh and it like draws the lines between ireland and uh other act you know colonial struggles that are considered i said actual in a way that was like a wrong right like uh the it, it situates Ireland as like the, another country with white people in Europe that has been a victim of colonialism and how it is both different from and similar to uh, anti-colonial struggles around the world. And I think that like watching that happen in a movie was like, holy shit, they did it. They fucking knocked it out of the park, right? It's amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, speaking of, but from slightly different and I guess less politically aware, but maybe a better movie, Lawrence of Arabia. It's fucking Lawrence of Arabia. It's fucking Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> uh, it's holy shit it's Lawrence of Arabia the, what can you say the, the the sequence where they all get in the council and discuss what they do with the city now that they've taken it might be like top 10 sequences in film to me it's so good it would be on my list if I hadn't already seen it yeah. you know what? fair enough um, and then uh, The Night of the Hunter the last uh, I, I put all the movies we covered at the top oh, okay um, just to get through and The Night of the Hunter is just one of the most beautiful movies I've ever filmed um just look at it. Look at every shot of this thing. <laughs> just look at it. <laughs> just just I mean, look at it. Yeah, I guess it's similar to Lawrence Arabia in that way, but just, uh, you know, just amazing stuff. Um, number four, uh, yeah, not ordered. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yo! Yeah! Yo! Uh, you have been literally seven years of my life been like, you have to, you have, I mean, you wanted me to watch all of them, but you, you really wanted me to get, yeah, to I Conquest. didn't want to like oversell that one in particular. I wanted you to watch all of them, but it's really that one. But holy shit. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. You were not kidding. All other sci-fi movies with metaphors are cowards. Uh, no one can <laughs> fucking do it. Um, I had like one complaint and then realizing that the director's cut was like, yeah, we agree. <laughs> so studio meddling was the one sour note. Uh, amazing. Truly incredible. Can't believe that they did it. Um, next movie uh, is uh, a movie. I kind of like went back and forth about having it in here. Cause I think it's probably the weakest movie and has like the most um, uh, issues, but I, I, you know, I really liked it. I, this is a uh, Steven Spielberg Munich, Munich, uh, which is, 
a wild movie that he wouldn't make now uh about no. how um you know israel's uh s- schemes of violence bring young jewish people into like they turn them into assassins out of a lie of nationality um and how that is also what is about to happen about 9-11. Like, it is about both those things very directly in a way that I'm like, holy shit, Spielberg. Because <laughs> it, like, it, it does things where it posits, this is a movie about how we can't end the cycle of violence. Uh, or it will, like, say that, right? Uh, but the actual plot of the movie is about, it's all Israel, you know, raising uh, murder squads to kill Arabs in the night. Like, who, and they have no training and oversight. Uh, and that's... You know, I was just, I was surprised. So I knew the premise. Well, I, I didn't know the premise and I watched it. I was like, oh, this can't go well. And it was, you know, better than I expected. Um, yeah. So even though it's like, there's probably, you know, Wages of Fear is not on this list, even though it's definitely a better movie. But uh, 10 movies, you know, that I thought were really cool this year. I feel yeah. Like personally yeah. affected my uh, my experience. Look, you ask on a different day, you get a different list. This is exactly. my list right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Then, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, I love this movie. Um <laughs> Because, you know, I was watching loads of old movies, so... What? I, What's so funny? I, I just think about when you brought it up last time. And, uh, and you were you were like, oh, they're all dead. And I was like, is that why it's quiet? That's all. I was just laughing about it. All kinds of words of fun is great. Just, you know, everything I said last time remains true. Um, just a good war movie. Uh, really great performances. The main... Um, uh, just guy. The, there's an older the the the, uh, the like sergeant who's in charge of all the kids that are gonna die, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Classic, great performance. Um, I was like, oh, he's he's great. I should see him in more things. And obviously, he I think that his last time he died like the year after and was not in the director's next movie. Uh, um, then Infernal Affairs, the uh, movie that The Departed is based on. I was watching. It's like I I almost just watched The Departed and then was like, I should watch Infernal Affairs and. Um, it's amazing. I love it so much. I love it uh, out of proportion. Um, Munich's a movie where, like, I the things I like about it I find really interesting and valid and cool and despite its, like, quality. This is a slightly different thing where I recognize it is probably a four-star movie, but it's my bullshit. <laughs> it's, I feel like... Eh. I almost feel bad admitting that, like, no, I do just love it when the two, you know, the the criminal who with a heart of gold in the middle of the gang and the cop who's trying to, like, figure everything out in the middle of his situation are both trapped by their own structures, but they're in, like, a weird love story together in their rivalry, and it's also a death note, and it's, like, fucking amazing. It's not, it's, it's like, as deep as a puddle, uh, all genre, I love it so much, um... All the like readings of it when you go look up what people like think when they try to do deep readings of the movie. This is about how this is obviously about how China makes people do double think. <laughs> um, so that's where like the cultural temperature is around the deep reads of this movie. I just think it's an incredible exercise in genre filmmaking. I love it so much. Um, then Zack Snyder's Justice League. Fuck uh, yeah. It's just one of the best superhero movies. Um, I find it interesting in comparison to Batman v Superman, which I feel like is more thematically rich, has more going on, uh, is a more interesting movie. It's just not as good. <laughs> it's just not as good as a movie. There is nothing in Batman v Superman as good uh, as, as like pure you know, event cinema, classic Lord of the Rings style in the way that uh, Blockbusters have forgotten than the fucking um, Amazonian chase uh, half an hour into this movie. One of the coolest things. I love it. Uh, then Battleship Potemkin, um, which is a uh, movie I adored. Uh, 
in great context because I was going through a lot of my older movies um, as I was watching these and I would come in and I'd watched a couple of old movies and I'd mention them on the podcast. Uh, and then there was mostly like comedies and Hollywood stuff. And then you cut back to Battleship Camp Kim, and in 1925, Russia figured out editing. They just fucking, the whole thing, it just looks like a modern movie, except it's silent. Uh, I mean, it looks better. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, right? Like, the language is fully formed, uh, truly incredible filmmaking. Um, I, it, it's fantastic. I can't recommend Battleship Potemkin enough. Uh, especially in the context of, I've just been watching a bunch of, like, silent films from Hollywood from the early 20s. <laughs> Uh, which many of them I also like because you know I wasn't watching the bad ones most of them that haven't survived uh, and then the final answer uh, is of course Manhunter uh, god that was this year oh, <laughs> yeah, I watched Manhunter in 2021 having not seen Manhunter I know I know that and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes are like two of the highest movies for you saying you need to watch this <laughs> and you were right and I'm glad I did I'm glad I watched it without reading the book also I think I would have liked it less because uh, the book's dumb. Uh, the book is dumb. And which I, tr- I tried, I got like a few chapters and I was like, this doesn't have anything as good as the movie. This like incredibly evocative portrayal of strange, bizarre spaces and um, the encroachment of like modernity on uh, all these people's minds and what it does to you uh, is something that only happens because it is shot in weird houses with like really cool cinematography uh, and the power of those images. The script itself and the story is still technically about how, um, uh, you know, uh, Will has the uh, incredible empathy powers to go sicko mode. Uh, but I just think the movie itself is amazing. Truly amazing stuff. I loved it. Uh, but yeah, that's my term. What was the movie that you didn't, didn't put that I, uh, that I, I assume I didn't put? You did not. Uh, I thought you'd put Gamera 2 on there. I mean... Yes, I also like Gamera 2. I did think about Gamera 2, but I yeah, think it was... no, it, it was it was number eleven on my list, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna scratch it. It didn't even get to my like fifteen short list. I, I think okay, that, you that, um... you tweeted about it, so I thought it was gonna be on your list. Did I want that tweet about Gamera 2? You were like, that was this year, and I also had that reaction. Oh, well, that's because I was scrolling <laughs> through my entire yeah. log. Um, but like, there's you know, Unforgiven's better than Gamera 2, and that didn't even make it. No, yeah, but Gamera um, 2 is like special and you know it's not always about the best films it's often about like just what sticks in your brain i think it was infernal affairs and not that off because that's also like a genre yeah you know uh it gamera 2 is about the military response to disaster but this is they're playing with similar things of like sad cop movies on some level just in different situations yeah. I'm gonna start calling all movies about the mafia sad cop movies because they are the same to me (laughs) that's fair (laughs) you're not wrong uh see how long it takes people to get annoyed but yeah, those are movies. Uh, that's it. We are done. Unless anyone wants to say anything about this year or next year, Destiny. We did this on VoIP Life, kind of, but you got any film-related resolutions or anything? Oh, I think I'm just going to try to hit up some genres I'm underwatched in, like exploitation and uh, realism and just... No, I don't have anything specific in mind. The I two just... genres. <laughs> I, I, those were just the two that came to mind that I'm really underwatched in. So I, you know, I, I want to get some of those watched, but I don't have anything specific. If if anything comes up in the coming year, I will bring it up. Um, how do you feel about Wuxia films? I don't really have an opinion. Like in terms of like I, genres you're underwatched on, is that one of them? Yes. Well, good. For sure. I've got some good news for you. 
<laughs> because next week, uh, two weeks, you know how it works. We are going to be watching Hero, two thousand two film starring Jet Li. I almost, I literally pressed play on that like another another day, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to watch Hero with dinner. Like that's a movie I, I need to actually, you know, watching yeah, movie with like, dinner I need is to get signing up the door because you're gonna you're gonna watch that. <laughs> yes, because watching movie with dinner is a way to like not watch actually finish it. I was like, I should I should actually watch Hero when I'm in a real mood. To, you know what? It's gonna be a great time. Yes. Uh, um, I'm underseen really on Wisha, but uh, yeah, I mean, me too. And I'm like the best scene of all three of us. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like. I don't really know what Wisha is specific. Like, like I know, I know what it means in culture. I don't like what specifically makes something Wisha and not just like an epic fighting movie in the Chinese. Uh, so I, I, I just don't. I'm just not familiar enough. I know these half definitions. I'm this is ignorance. It's not me being rude. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to find out. All right. Um, that will be our next film. Uh, please enjoy. Try to get in as nice a quality as you can because, damn, it's Hero. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that'll be in two weeks. Until then, it's time for Plugs Destiny. At FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter.com and most other social media places. And my other podcast, Badland Girls, is on AbnormalMapping.com slash Badland Girls. Um... I, we don't have any like big plans, but you know we'll be back in the new year with uh, more ridiculousness. Okay, uh, Jackson. Uh, I have fills off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and I'm do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, they're good. We just did a really good abnormal mapping on Moon, uh, an RPG from the nineties. Uh, all right. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash mapping. Uh, for $1, you get Great Gundam Project. We're watching Gundam Seed and Voltez uh, 5 right now. Um, that's the thing that's just getting a live action adaptation uh, recently. There was a trailer today. It was fucking incredible. Um, Voltez 5! <laughs> um, for five dollars uh you get uh blockbusters where once a month me and jackson break down a movie usually like a bigger hollywood fair kind of film uh we just did just miss congeniality in january that'll be out probably like two weeks or so uh we'll be watching uh the last samurai which i'm really excited to get to um and at ten dollars you get voip life where we uh goof off every two weeks um our recent one is like new year's resolutions and um we t we plan out our year of abnormal mapping stuff, so you know I think it's fun. If you'd like to support the network, that's that's kind of why I recommend. I think Voip Life's a good show. People like it who listen to it, so uh, check it out. Thanks everyone for supporting us. If you like this podcast, maybe point your friends in an episode or not. This is like our definitely our least listened to podcast. I understand we watch a bunch of old movies, and most of our audience cares about anime, and there's not a ton of overlap there. But um, thank you if you do listen. Um, Hopefully we will continue to bring you good content in 2022. I'm not going to stop watching movies. It's all I want to do in my life right now. So until next time, movies. Now more than ever. Do not expect to like it.